Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now back to look. Now back to Willard and Dibs. Take it away, Mark. I mean, we've been uh, saying that it's Warrior Wednesday. We ought to take a moment. The uh, wow. Warriors tomorrow night back to action. And um, all we can do is scratch our head right now with the Andrew Wiggins situation, by the way. I don't know what Man. to do with that. Yeah, like sounds... I don't want to say sounds bad. I don't, it doesn't sound like anything. I it don't sound serious. Well, I mean, based on the fact that he's not back yet, and it is a quote-unquote personal matter. Yeah. And no idea. Uh, just hoping everything's okay with Andrew. Hoping everything is okay with his family. Um, but it sounds like the Warriors are not expecting him in action tomorrow night. Right. Just based on what we've seen of his play since he's come back from the illness. You know, the adductor and the non-COVID illness. Since he's been back, he seemed a little bit, I don't want to say disinterested. Distracted might be a fair way to say it. And so if he's having uh, this sort of a personal matter that's now taking him away from the team i would imagine it's not a leap to think that maybe this has been going on before based on the way he's kind of been up and down inconsistent so whatever it is hopefully he can get it straightened up and get things taken care of off the court because a motivated dedicated uh very interested two-way wigs is a huge, huge thing this team needs. Well, I know where a lot of minds go with this, and it's easy to do. When you when you see this, um, with all the stuff that's going on with the Warriors this year, this is another one of those where you're like, this is just not their year, right? right. Like, I mean, right. It, And I don't know that. I don't know that because um, I, I'll keep saying the same thing. Like, it's still on the table that everything just comes together next month. Everybody's just happy and healthy and back, and here we go. GP2 gets to be back on the team. Andrew's through his personal situation. Steph's done with his injury. Clay's ready to play. You go into the playoffs. There's no back-to-backs. They're a game out of the six. They're a game out of the six. I mean, so when you think about it, like all the things that have gone wrong from Andrew's season, Steph's injury, the James (laughs) Wiseman uh, conundrum, and all the rest of it, Mark, you're right. I mean, maybe they... If they can go three and three, they go four and four in their next eight. Andrew figures it out what he needs to figure out off the court. Steph gets back, and you're 33 and 33. Then maybe seven games later, you get GP2 back, and you're the nine seed. You can make a late push and still make the playoffs. Um, they're also a game out of the 11 seed. That's awkward. Which is, uh, which is not in the playoffs. Which, by the way, goes to a statement that Adam Silver made uh, at All Star Weekend that this is the most competitive version competitive season in the history of the NBA. How did that one grab you? It's an interesting way to describe it because if you look at the standings and you see Sacramento all the way down to the Lakers, that is uh, 11 teams separated by six games. 
in the Western Conference. So yes, they're very competitive in that a lot of these teams are largely the same. But I look at the product itself, yep. there's not much competitive about an average NBA game. What it is is player with the basketball is going to score, and it's just a question of will he get fouled, will it be a three-pointer, will it be an and-one or a dunk. But well, the offensive player is going to score, so I don't see a lot of competition in the actual game itself. The Eastern Conference is different. Look, Boston and Milwaukee obviously have uh, the two best records in the NBA, so let's put them aside. But even after that, like uh, I think we undersell how far over 500 Philly is yeah. and Cleveland is. And even with what they've been through, it doesn't matter now because it gave all the good players away. But Brooklyn is 10 games over 500. The Knicks at the six seed are six games over 500. Let's use, use something like that as kind of a marker. Six to seven games over 500. The Western Conference is two teams that are north of that. That's it. Just Denver and Memphis. Then you get to the Kings in the three seed. They're seven games over 500. And then it's just... It heads into this mishmash, like you said, from the Kings to the Lakers is six games. That's it. That separates the three seed from the 13 seed. Don't sleep on the, the 13 Western. seed. Well, here's the problem with it. <laughs> the problem is, is they're all somewhere in the range of 500. Yeah. I mean, the Kings, are, that's seven games over, but like... That's not crushing it. It's good. The Clippers are five above. The Lakers are five below, to your point. So, like, oh, this is so competitive. Or is it just so average? Right. It's so average for multiple reasons. Um, A, maybe there just aren't any great teams. Uh, but B, it feels like teams are not trying to be that far over 500. Yes. It's because they know that it's all just right there for the final two weeks. And let's just wait till then and then push on the gas as hard as we can. And that's where this play-in tournament, I think, has robbed the NBA, at least in this year, of what Adam Silver is looking for in terms of the competitiveness. Because if you are the Thunder right now, or the Jazz, the Jazz are the 11th seed, the, the Blazers are tied for the 11, the Lakers are the 13, whatever, you realize that now, 20 games to go or so, is when you can make a push and still get into the play-in tournament and if you get into the play-in, then you can make it to the playoffs. And on from there, maybe you can win a championship. So this may have... I, I think what they wanted to do was to ward off tanking, straight-up tanking. Well, you still have, what, four teams who were openly tanking for Wenbanyama, and they're going to tank no matter what. Did but you, Did you see Fertitta at Mardi Gras? No. The owner of the Rockets? Um, he clearly had had drinks. Oh, and, yeah, fair. Right. I mean, it's Mardi Gras. I'm not against you. Have a drink. But he's got, like, you know, flowers on his head and all. You know, some Houston reporter catches up with him and and kind of asks about the season. And he took a shot at his own team for their inability to play good <laughs> basketball. And then openly was just like, so... Pray for Victor, am I right? Just pray for Victor. And the reporter's like, ah, you know, okay, back to you guys in the studio. And it didn't offend me because we all know what these teams are doing and why would you do anything different? But at the same time, like literally before you even get to the All-Star break to have owners uh, drunk at Mardi Gras screaming about players that you'd like to draft. Yeah. I mean, that's. I don't think Adam Silver liked it. I don't think we care, but I bet Adam Silver didn't love it. Of course, I'm sure he hated it because, you know, you want a competitive product night in and night out, but you don't have that. And now you have a situation where 
with this play-in tournament. Oklahoma City is 28 and 29, and even if there were no play-in tournament, they would only be a game out of the eight seed. Right. So they still would, if they wanted to, could be competing for a playoff spot, or they could be going into tank mode to try to get into the lottery for Victor Wenbanyama. I think the biggest problem with the product, Adam Silver is wrong in terms of the competitiveness. Most of these games are very disposable. You know, oh, so-and-so had 54 points. Yawn. It used to be special. Now yeah. these games are just up and down pickup games. I mean, 54 points uh, from an individual, and you might lose. Uh, right? I think Steph had one of those this year. They got cooked <laughs> at 50 points, and they got whacked. So I'll ask you this, though. Playing tournament, you hate it, right? Yeah. Okay. Hate's a little strong. I sports hate it. You don't like it. Nah, I think it. Uh, You'd rather not pointless. have it. Yes. I would rather have teams compete for a top eight playoff seed. In this Warrior situation, aren't you glad it's there? No, not no. really. No, I'm not. Because if you... It feels like a little bit of a cushion. No, it is a those, cushion. Right. And, 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 and don't get me wrong. We here at 95.7 The Game <laughs> would love to have additional Warrior games. I'm not going to be anti-Odyssey. Sure, 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 sure. And I'm, I'm going to be transparent and say, I want the Warriors to have as many basketball games that are meaningful as possible. It's good for the station, which means it's good for me. So to that end, yes, I'm happy there's a play-in tournament because that means the Warriors, if they wind up as the nine seed, that means the Warriors are going to have a home game, good for Joe, and then if they win, they'll have a road game, game, good for us. But forget the Odyssey part of it. But I had to get that out there. But the fan in you. Big staff meeting today. Can't wait to get there, Stacey. Oh, my gosh. We are, yeah, maybe. Got to cut the changeover short. Got to cut the changeover way short. We got to get get over there. there. Yeah. 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 Okay, no, the, the fan in you. I hate it. Why? Because if you're a Warrior fan, don't you want that buffer there right now to see if you can get in in a season? And this is not to, I please don't let this sound like excuses, but when teams go through stuff like this, when you lose your best player for an extended period or your second best player has injuries and personal stuff, I, I get it. That's part of the deal. It's always been part of the deal. But when you have that, and you feel like a team that's maybe better than their record, don't you want a little buffer to at least give them the opportunity to work their way back in when all of that adversity has been thrown at them? Yeah, I I really don't because that's just the way it goes, right? It's just bad luck. We talked about luck with the Niners before. This is bad luck. Steph Curry has somebody clatter into his knee And it happens in such a way that he tears a couple of ligaments that we had never even heard of. Even I, the radio doctor, had never heard of the enterosis and the rest of it. So that's bad luck. And Andrew Wiggins with an inductor and, you know, whatever you want to look at in terms of good luck, bad luck, this has not been their year. That doesn't mean that I want them to have a buffer because here they sit, even though it hasn't been their year, they're a half game out of the eight. So they still would have a chance under a normal playoff situation for sure, for sure. to be a playoff team. What I don't like in sports, Mark, is what we've gotten to where it's the oprification of the postseason. How do you mean? You get a playoff spot and you get a playoff spot. Yeah, but Baseball is the, is the one that really rankles me the most because now 162 games used to mean something. Right. If you were good, you got to go to the playoffs. Now... 
If you're just mediocre. You still have to be good. You just have to be mediocre. You still have to be good. What was Philly last year? 87, 87 and 75? Yeah. That's not that good. It's good. I'm not saying go not back great, to just but it's good. You know, the best and the best. World, the, straight to the, the World Series. Went to the World Series. I would love to go back to just four playoff teams in each league in baseball. It's interesting because you love March Madness. And they let all kinds of junk in. Well, it's different when you think about why. The, because there are seventh three, place in the Big Ten. You're the ten seed. There are. Don't you dare come down with March Madness. No, no, no. I'm. A, I no, am no, no. because it's true. If you want to talk about percentage of participants, why is that okay? Because you get 68 out of 355. But nobody is going to go to the seventh place team in the Big Ten and say you actually have a real chance to win the national championship. It's happened. No, I mean, NC State is on the phone. The, well, that was not seventh place in the Big Ten. But but anyway, you get to my that point. point. I understand that there, there are a couple of outliers, but you get what I'm saying. Like I do. You're saying that the regular season used to mean something. Are you telling me in college basketball the regular season means something? No. No, it doesn't. And I'm not saying college basketball is perfect. And I would love to go back to where college basketball didn't have these conference tournaments. Where... You know, I'd love the conference tournaments because, especially for the smaller ones. I like the little ones, yeah. Because exactly. But if you're in the Big Ten and you go 27 and 2 and you win the Big Ten and you're undefeated, you don't care about the Big Ten tournament because you're going to be a one or a two seed anyway, even if you lose. So it actually helps you to lose early yep. to not Rest have up. those games and the wear and tear. 68 teams in the tournament out of, I think, 355 in the country. It's roughly about one-fifth of the teams in the country make the tournament. You get to the NBA, and now 20 of the 30, two-thirds, have a chance to win the championship. That's too many, Mark. Two-thirds. I mean... It's 20 of 30. Look, here, here's what I would say about this. For, and, and I know It's the oprification of pro sports. But it's not. Okay. It's, it's actually the Americanization of pro, uh, pro sports. Because it's money. And it's more. We all like more. We just do. We like more. Think about it. If you've ever had kids and you go to Target, what happens? I promise you, you're leaving... In an argument. Why? Because you'll go there for the reason you went there, and then you'll see the second and third thing that they want, and you might say yes. But it doesn't matter how many things you say yes to. You're going to get to the point where you say no, and the kid is going to focus early. And the kid's going to focus on that. The kid's going to focus on the one thing that they didn't get, and they're going to forget the 50 things that you just bought them. Why? Because we've been conditioned, whether it's Christmas, whether you go to ballparks now. What do you see with ballpark food? Can you just get a burger? Or what are they promoting on social media? We've got the bananas burger. It's the size of your body. Right. And you can order it for $69.99 with three friends. And you get more, more, more. Yes. And our sports watching. Like... NFL goes to 17 games, and we all know it's going to go to 18. College football's finish. Well, we went from two teams to four. We all know it's going to go to eight. It's probably going to end up at 16. Like, we are the country of more. And, and, and so, yes, there's the financial aspect of it. But the other side that you're sort of saying no to, and we get, you know this, we get this point 47 times a day. What's everybody's fix to everything? Fewer games. We need to shorten the season. Yeah. It's not urgent It'll enough. It'll never happen. It's never going to happen. And you, by the way, you'd hate it if it did. That's my contention. Well, ticket prices would go up. Not just example. that. Not just that. You're, you're, you're to have less entertainment. 
You'd have less stuff to exactly. watch on TV or less things to go do. I mean, how many of you are freaking out right now? Because it feels like it's been eight years since there's a Warrior game. It's been like, a long time. Come on, let's get to the game. My feeling, though, is if you had fewer playoff teams, the games that you did have in the regular season would have a greater import in terms of you got to get to that top eight seed to be a playoff team. Instead of, oh, you can limp into the 10 and maybe get your guys back and get hot and win a couple, and now you get to go in and you get a series. The play-in tournament, to me, is not solving the issue that they were hoping to solve. And that's why this mid-season tournament, to me, if it even ever happens, it's going to be a complete joke. Well, you want to talk about load management. Yeah, The Golden State Warriors, four-time NBA champs, are going to go to the mid-season jamboree in <laughs> Las Vegas and give a crap well, about winning some trophy? Now that's what I've always thought about. Like when, when, when Gilgis Alexander with the OKC Thunder said over the weekend, money talks. That's how you could get people to play hard at the All-Star game. Is that what they would have to do, I guess, at the midseason tournament? Would you have to have a side contract with another million bucks million. to go play at this? Well, I mean, you're only playing for a week. If you're Steph Curry, you don't get out of bed for less than five minutes. I understand that. But you know what? Like, they're not all cut that way. And he's probably not cut that way, so I shouldn't defame him with that. I heard this. I heard this. um, I I don't even know why. I scrolled along social media and saw this yesterday, and it caught my eye because of the conversation we're having both about load load management and the All-Star game. Not that long ago, highest paid player in the NBA had this opinion. He went by the name of uh, Kobe Bryant. I think the All-Star game in general needs a little revamping because we used to be competitive. Yeah. We used to be competitive. And, like, you know, fans want to see the best pickup game in the world. Like, that's what this is. They don't want to yeah. see you running up and down and dunking and doing all this crazy. Like, they want to see the what happens when you get this collection of best basketball players on the planet and they play and they go head up against each other. Man. I mean, you guys play harder at a pickup game in UCLA. For real. And ain't billions of people watching. For real. They do. You know what I'm saying? They do. They uh, got the All-Star game needs a little, needs a little changing. Um, I always love competing in them. Um, I didn't lose many of them. Nah, me and CP one, used to nah, talk all the time. The ones. You took it serious. Yeah, we, we went in. Like, I don't think me and CP, when we played together in the All-Star game, I don't think we've ever lost a game. Yeah. And we used to look at each other and say, okay. Going serious. They go. don't want to play, we going to yeah, play. fourth quarter, let's go yeah. get them. I mean, he's a different dude. Though. He's he was such a different, a different dude. dude. I get that, but it was also prophetic. Like, I mean, this wasn't that long ago, and he's like, the All Star Game's on a bad track. And I got to think that Kobe, my man, did he roll over in his grave over the weekend watching yeah. this junk? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. It's awful. And so, it's what he so- said about the pickup game at UCLA is so true. I've never seen yes. these, but when all these dudes get together in the offseason and they go play pickup at UCLA, Bob Myers has talked about it playing some of those games. And that game, guys would cut you for a chance to get yes. a bucket. And yet you're playing in front of millions and hundreds of millions of people and you don't give a rip. Yep. It's a shame, Mark. It is. And I mean, I think it's funny because normally when we have conversations like this, it's always, oh, you know, they don't do it like they used to. And and it was like you had to go back to, I don't know, someone with gray hair. Like it had to be Dr. J or or, or whatever. You had to go back like 30, 40 years. Yeah. It's Kobe, man. This just a few years ago. Yeah. This is not that long ago. And he's telling you this is heading in a wrong track. And what's most important, because I don't want anyone to go out there and get hurt, and I don't really need you to go, like, press the gas. 
But what Kobe was in tune with, I think better than people realize, and it's why he did well as a, a producer of content after he retired, Kobe's in tune with what people wanted to see. Like, I can't believe the NBA didn't realize prior to Sunday. Nobody wants to see that. I don't care how big the names are. Watching LeBron and Giannis play grab ass is not entertaining. Not even a little bit. And the data came out yesterday. Lowest watched all-star yeah. game in the history of our exactly. lives. Exactly. Exactly. have it. And you know what? I would rather watch Giannis and LeBron side by side playing Papa Shot. I'd rather watch them play chess. You know what I mean? Yes. Table tennis or billiards or, you know, darts or throwing axes. I'd anything. rather watch them go on comedians in cars getting coffee. <laughs> like, get in the car and let us interview you. I Do right. something. That was nothing. Yeah, well, Kyle, what's up? They need one player to try. They need one player to just to blow the system up. Yes, they need Jason so Tatum. Funny. Pat Beverly. Pat Beverly. Let's head into the All-Star game even, and just mess with everybody. No, but yeah. Yeah, see, even like Jason Tatum, Tatum, go get your 55. Go get your scoring record, but lock up on the other right, end. Right, but the problem, defense. the problem with Tatum was that was the softest, lamest 55 ever. Like, you didn't look at that and go, oh my gosh, he's going to break a record. You looked at that and went, well, no. right, you're yeah. by yourself and you're walking to the cup and laying it in. Okay, for, forget I... six 6'9". Forget I said that. No, 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 go I'm do, agreeing go, with you. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, they need just one guy to be like, yeah, I'm locking up. <laughs> And that just ramps up the intensity. They'd all get so mad at him. Set the tone. They'd all get so mad at him. What, what if they <sighs> gave out, instead of you give out the Kobe Bryant trophy to the MVP, you give out the Kobe Bryant trophy to the defensive player of the game? Who tries the most. Listen, I'm going to do this. Defensive player of the night. Hey. You get the trophy, and you get a half a million dollars. My little league team that this year, our first practice is going to be on Monday. I'm, I'm going to be giving out stuff, baseball cards, different things for the kids. You think I'm giving it to the kid who hits the ball the furthest? Do you think I'm giving it even to the kid who who gets down the line the quickest? Don't you enable the bad players. I'm giving it to the kid who's going to be the best teammate. Ah, boy. I'm going to give I'm it out. to... No, we're building, we're building a team. This is going to be a family now, okay? <laughs> I'm definitely coming out to some of your games. And, we are, and if I see... I'm going to get an ump assignment. Man, you can strike out all you want. If I see you get ticked at a teammate because you don't like that they didn't give you the ball or whatever, sit down. We're not doing that here. We're not doing that here. It's the same you thing. You can go in on a nine-year-old? Well, no. I'm just, yeah, man. <laughs> turn my hat award? sideways. Are you going to call that award the Andre Iguodala? Yeah, award? exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, but I that's... I Iguodala. I think, I think we got to support other stuff sometimes. And the All-Star Game has reached that point. I'm not supporting Jason Tatum's 55. I'm ignoring it. It this was were, insignificant. This was not a very high-scoring All-Star game. If you look back at, and I'm looking at the list of uh, games, 2017, 192 to 182. 2016, 196 to 173. So stupid. It's, I mean, it's so bad. And then you go back to, and I looked at this in the 70s. Shout out Steiny. He remembers this one. 111, uh, 107. Mm -hmm. 
Back in 1964. There you go. D people up. This sounds like a real basketball game. Um, it's all 79, brought to you. 79-75 in 1953. No way. What, they play three quarters? George Mike Jeez. and your MVP. It's all it's brought to you by Fremont Bank, full service banking, no compromises. All right, the Brock Purdy situation. Good, bad, otherwise, what's it all mean? Doc Feely on Clear to Play joins us next on Withered and Dibs. JP with the Golden State Warriors. Now back to Willard and Dibs. Ah, Mr. Poole. In action tomorrow night. You know Jordan Poole. I don't. We're still getting to know Jordan Poole. Tomorrow, Lakers, Warriors. But right now, um, you know, we've been waiting for this maybe even more than we normally do. Uh, it is time for Clear to Play. And we take you inside the tent to get you updated on the latest injuries in the Bay. Proud to partner with UCSF Health on this segment. And bring in Professor and Chief of Sports Medicine at UCSF, Dr. Brian Feely. Hello, Doc. Hey, guys. How are you? Uh, we're doing fine, uh, except for uh, we're scratching heads a little bit with this Brock Purdy news. Still inflamed three and a half weeks later, and now surgery is put off. What's your reaction? Yeah, I got to be honest. I'm kind of confused, too. This isn't something that we would normally delay for. So either something new came up on his exam or there's something else going on that's causing a delay. So there could be some soft tissue inflammation that typically would have gone down by now. But maybe he's got a bursitis in the back of the elbow that they really need to get him to decrease and go away before they can operate but in all honesty i'm as confused as you guys so this doesn't necessarily indicate that the severity of the ucl injury is worse than what we previously would have thought no i don't think so at all i think it just means that he's got some swelling they would rather hold off and i don't think long term it changes the timeline so if it increases the predictability of the surgery a little bit and that may save that save a few weeks on the other end. I think it's totally safe. Waiting a little bit for this surgery, if if there's any doubt, is always the right answer. So my guess is the team doctor or the person. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm doing the surgeries. Likely the team or is the team doctor for the Rangers, knows what he's doing around elbows, and he's going to do what is going to be the safest, best long-term option for Brock Purdy. Okay, so your, your lack of concern but the height of confusion, I want to hear more about that. So Because we read some other things from you know other doctors out there today who are saying, yeah, it makes sense that it would still be uh, inflamed if it's a significant UCL injury, and it looks like this one is. So c- tell me a little bit more about what exactly is, is confusing. 
Sure. So I think without seeing the imaging, it's tough to say. And the severity of the injury doesn't necessarily predict which surgery we're going to do. So when we look at Brock Purdy, we're looking at two different potential surgeries. One is the suture augmentation, where you put essentially a suture brace, which is an internal, essentially heavy suture into the area to allow what is a healthy ligament that popped off the bone to heal. That's the one that they talk about having a five to six month time point um, in terms of return to play. The other option is you say the entire tendon is shredded. It's not reconstructable. We need to give him a new uh, tendon, which is essentially the Tommy John surgery. That's the one where you're looking at 12 to 15 months. The confusion is that inflammation, unless it's really severe, doesn't usually slow down this surgery all that much. That being said, if his elbow is really still swollen, waiting a couple weeks to allow the muscles to recover, to allow the soft tissue and the, the skin and everything else around the elbow to have a more predictable recovery and get him into physical therapy a little bit faster afterwards is always going to be the right call. What's the nature of inflammation continuing to persist after this length of time? Does it vary from human to human, or does this indicate maybe that there's been some additional usage or some mobility in the arm that's kept the inflammation high? Yeah, I think it's it's pretty variable. Some people tend to swell a lot with relatively minor injuries. It's probably due some to the severity of the injury to the soft tissues around it. So you've got your the muscles that flex your wrist or bend your wrist towards your elbow. And if those have a partial tear in it as well, there could be a little bit more bleeding. You can have enough of an injury also when you have almost a near elbow dislocation when your arm is bent back like that, but some of the joint fluid inside the elbow could have for a few weeks been persistently leaking out and causing a little bit more swelling. Dr. Brian Feely with us here on Clear to Play. So just to kind of put a bow on that, and then I want to ask you about Steph, but to put a bow on that for people who are maybe just tuning in, you do not think that this necessarily means anything bad, and it certainly doesn't even take week one out of play. Yeah, I don't think it means anything bad. I think it means that they're being conservative. And if they do the um, internal bracing procedure, he's still on track for being back mid-August, being ready to play by week one. And if he has the other procedure, he's gone for the season. So waiting a couple weeks to make it a more predictable rehab, I think is totally fine. And Twitter and the 49ers world should not panic. Okay. Yeah, we're trying not to panic. Well, Twitter's always going to panic. We're not going to do anything about that, Doc. Yeah, and uh, we were hoping, Doc, today to have news that the surgery was, quote, a successful surgery, as most of the surgeries that you guys perform are of that nature. Uh, the Gary Payton, the second injury, is a curious one. They traded for him, and he was playing in Portland. Now he's out with the Golden State Warriors. What do you think the return to play is for the injury of this nature? Yeah, honestly, I think they're doing everything right and letting him completely rest. When you have any of these groin and core muscle injuries, there's a whole host of things that attach down in that area. So you can imagine at the bottom of your stomach muscles, is also where the muscles where your hip adductors, the muscles that turn into your groin, uh, originate. So you can have a successful surgery in that area, but as you're recovering, be more at risk for having a groin strain. And honestly, I, my guess is it really depends on how the next few weeks go. If the, if the Warriors are looking good without him, are still in playoff contention, I would rest him as long as possible and get him healthy for a playoff push. If 
it looks like we're falling out of contention, I'd get him ready for next year. Uh, what about Steph, Doc? Can you can we answer it this way? Like, uh, at what point should a Warrior fan get concerned if, if he's not back on the court? Again, I think it depends on it depends on the record. Uh, you know, I think with this injury, it's a really uncommon injury. So even in football and other collision sports, we rarely see injuries to the um, tibia and fibula up that high by the knee. So it's really going to be based on how he feels and how his recovery trajectory is feeling. This is something that I would assume that he's going to have to be totally pain-free for, for and feel like he can do all the jumping and landing in that area. So, you know, I would say on average another two weeks before even thinking, gosh, this is taking longer than expected. Uh, Doc, great stuff, and thank you as always. All right, guys. Take care. Okay. Uh, the proceeding was sponsored by UCSF Health, Dr. Brian Feely. I got to admit, that actually was a little bit of a relief. I, that's not what I thought he was going to say when he came out and said, I'm a little confused by this. Right. Um, you know, but but he's more talking about uh, the internal operations, if you will, rather than just inflammation is still there, conservative route. And I kind of like the way he put that. Look, if this is going to be Tommy John, there's no rush. Exactly. <laughs> and if it's not going to be Tommy John, week one is still in play. Yeah, and I liked I like to hear that. And the Tommy John, he's right, 12 to 15 months. It doesn't matter if you do it in March. He'll be out until next offseason. But just the way he described that with dislocation of the elbow and bursitis and bleeding and fluid leaking from the elbow <laughs> into, the, into the forearm as yeah. reasons for inflammation, man. You love those words, though. I do. Yeah, I got, that, that was exciting for you. I so, liked it. Um, anyway, so yeah, semi. I'll now, be honest. Now I'm going to go back to what I said a few weeks ago that everybody's all waiting to to uh, to jump on me about. Book it, Brock Purdy, Week One starter. All right, I'm not willing to say that. I mean, that's no, it's getting I, riskier no, I, with every no, day. No, that was that was at, at minimum partially tongue in cheek. You asked me if I thought he'd be ready for Week One, and at this point. And even now, talking to Dr. Feely, at this point, we don't have any substantive reason to think that he won't be. Doesn't mean, yeah. that, doesn't mean that we won't. If I was to put odds on who starts week one, Brock, Trey, or the field, it's closer than ever before between the three options. I still think it's Brock. Today. Yeah, today. Today. We've got to ask Even though again he was supposed week. to get cut on today. And next he Friday, we'll, so. ask, yeah, we'll, we'll ask again. Yeah. All right, Stein and Goo are going to jump in here next uh, on uh, Willard and Dibs. say we're 0 for 1, but but it, it feels a little bit like that, Like and maybe maybe it's already happened more than once. Here's what I'd love to know, and, and, and you can answer this, any listener can answer this. By the way, I love our YouTube feed. My, for the first time since we started it, I turned it off today. Off? I turned off the feed. Man. Meaning like, like, I didn't like stop it from happening, I just turned it off my screen, because it was distracting me. Is distracting me from having the conversation that I want to have with you about all of this because I would love to know. Somebody just answer this for me, and that way I'll be. I'm just asking a question, and somebody can tell me how we can travel this road together. I would like to know how we can have a healthy, productive, factual, and opinionated conversation all summer long about the 49er quarterback position. Without it immediately turning into, oh, you hate Trey Lance. 
I see. You hate Trey Lance. How do we do that? I have not figured this out yet. It's a tough one to navigate because the people who think that Trey Lance is still the guy, he's still the sauce, they're going to say that Trey Lance hasn't really gotten a chance to show you what he can do and that Kyle Shanahan is not putting him into a position to where he can really be successful at quarterback. The people who don't believe in Trey Lance are quick to say, Trey Lance is a bust, and Trey Lance will never be any good, and Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch made a mistake trading three first-round picks to move up to take Trey Lance. They should trade Trey Lance. Okay, so when a person, and I think this is the majority of the human beings, sit in between those two points, what do we do? Well, we talk about how... Because I don't think he's a bust. No. I don't think he's a bust, but I think it's silly to sit here at this hour and just be like... Well, I have no idea what Trey Lance is, and he hasn't gotten a fair shot. The 49ers have been with him for two years. And the 49ers and have, still and, don't know. They and, either know or they don't right, know. Right, but but there's no way to be with someone for two years and not form some opinions. Correct. They can at minimum have a reasoned opinion that Trey is not where we hoped. I said this last year. I tried to say this last year yeah. when Jimmy got re-signed. It doesn't mean he's dead. It doesn't mean he's a bust. doesn't mean we don't like him. Trey was not where they hoped he would be. Exactly. And, and I, he still I think the Wiseman isn't. comp is a great comp in terms of the Warriors knew what they had, but they weren't 100% totally certain with what they had. So this past October, they picked up Wiseman's option and agreed to pay him next year $12 million. And then they got into camp this year. Wiseman was finally healthy. They saw James. They saw their team this year. They saw what James was, or they thought they knew what he was going to be. And they decided at the trade deadline, enough is enough. And they traded James Wiseman. So now we know what they thought of James Wiseman. They got damaged goods back and not much else. So they told you what they thought of James Wiseman. So in terms of the Trey Lance conversation, as we get to May 13th and the official tampering period begins for free agents and the negotiating begins, the Niners are going to tell you without telling you how they feel about Trey Lance. If they are rumored to be in on all these quarterbacks who immediately will be elevated above Trey Lance... They're telling you what they know well, and what they think about Trey Lance. Yeah, if they get elevated, if they get elevated above them. I mean, the, the hard part about this, and that's why I started the show by saying timing is everything, is that the 49ers are going to have to figure things out from a free agency perspective well before OTAs. And, and uh, yes, I'm sure they can work directly with Trey. They can get reports. Um, who knows what they're doing right now at this hour with Trey Lance. But you're not going to really see Trey on a football field Showing either accuracy or lack thereof or whatever, you're not going to see Till that. Then, right. And, and even that is only dipping your toe in the water. But let's look at what you talked about. And I got some odds to throw at you here in just a second okay. that you're going to find very intriguing. But if the Niners go out here in March and the free agency period opens and they sign Nate Sudfeld to a $2 million guaranteed deal, you know what they think about Trey Lance. They still believe that Trey Lance could be the guy. Brock Purdy has surgery, the six-month surgery. He's out until August, and they sign Nate Sudfeld. They're telling you, we believe that Trey Lance can still be QB1. Or we or, believe Brock Purdy's going to be ready by week one. Probably both. Yeah. yeah or yeah. they go out here in March, and they find a way to trade for Matt Ryan, and they bring Matt Ryan in the building. Well, they're telling you what they think about Trey Lance at I, that point. I agree with that. So yep. we're, we're not going to have to go all summer Without knowing. Uh, Jimmy Shapiro, friend of the program, yep. has sent out the 
MVP odds for the National Football League, and there are a couple quarterbacks on there from the 49ers. Brock Purdy. A couple Purdy, quarterbacks on there from the 49ers. Patrick Mahomes, your favorite at 5 to 1. Obviously. Followed by Burrow, Hurts, Josh Allen at 10 to 1. Kind of a nice price here okay. in the preseason market. Then it goes Herbert and Tua at 14. Ayahuasca is 16 to 1. Lamar, I don't have a team. And Trevor Lawrence are 18. Guru's guys at 20. Okay. Along with Justin Fields, I don't have a team. Brock Purdy, 25 to 1. Additionally, Trey Lance on the board at thirty-three to one to be the NFL oh MVP. Those, those, not, those are not good numbers. Those are not good numbers. Brock Purdy twenty-five to one. I, I, I like. Uh, okay, so one of them is going to undergo surgery, who's just been delayed. Yeah. The other one, we're sitting here having conversations about how he doesn't run as well as they hoped, and and we have to find out if he can actually throw the ball accurately at the NFL level. And we're talking about MVP, and they're both in the, what, top 15 to 20 names? Jimmy Garoppolo, by the way, 50 to 1. <laughs> this according to betonline.ag. That, that, that does not feel like value to me. That's a, that, but you go ahead and bet it if you want. Fire away. Put your 10 bucks on it. Um, Cooper Cup, by the way, at 100 to 1 is your first non-quarterback on the list. I actually know of some odds. And, and standing Cooper through Cooper here, side. you guys all tell me, what's more likely this year? What's more likely? And you tell me where you you got a $20 bill. Where would you like to put it? On Trey Lance to win MVP. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 